All right. Well, we're going to get started here. Invite everyone to come on back in. Good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Brett. I want to welcome you here today. I want to welcome everyone watching online today. Just thinking of Peter and Trish this morning. I want to say hello. Welcome you guys this morning. Please turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm 23. We're just in a series here. We're talking about some of the most encouraging Psalms in the book of Psalms. And uh, <clears throat> I think after, after John 3.16, I think Psalm 32 is probably one of the most well-known portions of Scripture in the world. Uh, most people in the world, um, you know, whether they're churchgoers or not, um, are familiar with, with Psalm 23 or at least part of it. I'd say most believers... Uh, probably can recite some or all of Psalm 23. I won't ask you to do it, but how many of you think you could recite all of Psalm 23? Wow, look at that. Quite a few hands went up there. Okay, so I'd like to read this psalm in two translations. Okay? And so the first is probably the most familiar. It's, it's New King James Version, very similar to King James Version. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, Runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How does that sound? Um, I, I'd like to also read this in another translation for you. I think sometimes when a, when a scripture is so familiar and we've we've heard it and and read it a thousand times, sometimes I think it just kind of starts to graze over the ears. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. And, and we kind of don't catch, I think, what, what God's really wanting us to hear. And, and sometimes I think we forget. We forget how important, how awesome this word really is. And so I want to read it in, in another translation. Most of you probably haven't heard this translation. Um, <clears throat> I, I probably wouldn't do any, you know, theses, you know, for, for my doctorate of theology on this translation, but, but, but I want to I wanna, um, say it, so just to help us, help us hear this psalm again with, with fresh ears. Psalm 23, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me on an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. 
That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Quick question. How many of you know who the shepherd is this morning? Hebrews 13, 20 says, Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is the great shepherd. Amen? And so what I want to do today is I just want to share a few things here, break this, break this Psalm 23 up into three parts, and share three specific things about what the great shepherd does for us. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for, for meeting with us. I thank you so much, Lord, for your presence here. I, I thank you, God, that we can expect to meet with you when we come here, that we can expect to meet with you when we decide to enter in to that most holy place. And, and God, I just pray that we're going to dwell there today. We're just going to dwell in your presence, and we're just going to hear your voice. We're going to hear that still small voice, those whispers of your love and your encouragement. And God, I just pray that, that we don't just hear your voice today, but that we're all going to respond to your voice today too. No matter where we're at with our relationship with you, that we're going to hear you and we're going to respond to you. All of you, Lord, and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so number one, the shepherd provides. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Another translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. When Jesus is your shepherd, you will never lack in need. How does that sound? Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You have everything that you need in Jesus. The shepherd in Psalm 23 and all throughout Psalm 23, it's about providing for our needs. He provides our physical needs. In verse 2, he makes us lie down in green pastures. He gives us Rest in verse 4 talks about how he protects us with his rod and his staff. In verse 5, he pours oil over us. Oil often is poured for, for healing of wounds, that, that he heals us physically. 
He provides for our emotional needs. Verse 3 says he restores our soul. Our soul is our mind and our emotions. He renews our mind. He brings our thoughts in line with his word. Verse 2 says he leads us beside still waters. He calms us and brings peace to our soul. Verse 4 says he, his presence, his very presence, takes away fear. He provides our emotional needs. How many of you know that God provides our spiritual needs? Verse 3 says he, lay, he, he leads us down paths of righteousness. That Jesus leads us to places of obedience and blamelessness. Where we are right standing before God. How many of you know that that impacts our prayer life? That the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Is that right? Verse 5, he anoints our head with oil. That oil represents the Holy Spirit. John says in Matthew 3.11, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. How many of you know that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit? Verse 6 says that goodness and mercy will follow us. All the days of our life, that word follow, that's better translated chase or pursue. The goodness and mercy of God literally chase you down when Jesus is your shepherd. How many of you have been chased down by the love and the grace of God? Glory to God. He provides our physical, emotional, spiritual, even provides our eternal Needs. Verse 6 says, the shepherd qualifies us to live in the house of the Lord forever. How many of you know that Jesus qualifies you for heaven? You don't qualify you for heaven. Jesus qualifies you for heaven. Hallelujah. Lamentations 3.24 says that Jesus is our portion. He is enough. But the promise of the shepherd is not to supply our wants. How many of you have some, some garage full and some closets full of some things that you convinced yourself that you needed? <laughs> and now all those things help to fill our garage cells, right? I think this is an important life point right here. If you don't have it, you probably don't need it right now. If you don't have it, you probably don't need it right now. So he may not supply all of your wants, but he will supply all of your needs. His name is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. But we need to see that all of these promises of provision begin with the Lord. Psalm 23 begins with the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. David is often credited for writing this psalm. And so David acknowledges the lordship of his life right at the beginning. Jesus is his Lord. Jesus the Lord is his shepherd. And so what this portion of scripture does, it helps us to understand 
It shows us what life can be like even in the darkest of circumstances when we make Jesus our Lord. That, that doesn't get as many amens as in Jesus is our Savior. <laughs> we love Jesus as Savior. We get excited about Jesus as Savior. We don't always get excited about Jesus as Lord. Right? Another way to, to ask is uh, of if whether you've made Jesus your Lord is, is Jesus sitting on the throne of your heart? Is Jesus the king of your life? Do you submit to Jesus in all your ways? In all your ways, acknowledge him. Amen? The best life we can live is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. The best life that we can live is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We got to make Jesus our Lord. And so the promise of the shepherd is when we surrender to the lordship of Jesus, then we can go through this life in the provision and protection of Psalm 23. But if we are the Lord of our life, if we're sitting on the throne of our heart, we cannot expect Psalm 23 in our life, even though we've memorized it. Are you with me? It's just like we talked about last week with Psalm 91. There was a condition for all the promises of Psalm 91. I got a Tim Hortons card here for anyone who can tell me the condition of Psalm 91. We must first do what? Obey. What? Dwell. Obey, dwell. Dwell. I mean, yes. You're right, Vince. We, we must obey. But you don't get a Tim Hortons card. <laughs> Rob, you said we dwell. We need to dwell where? In the secret place of the Most High. Abide, right, in the shadow of the Almighty. Here you go, Rob. <laughs> I like that competitive nature. He's in it to win it. Amen. So number one, the Lord provides. Number two is the, the shepherd is with us. Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We can walk through valleys. We can walk through dark and deadly places and not fear. Because the shepherd is with us. Because the Lord is with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. John 4, 4 says, you dear children, you are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The shepherd who is in you in the shadows is greater and stronger and more powerful than every other enemy lurking in those shadows. When I worked at, uh, when I lived in Moose Jaw, I had a friend there. I've talked to you about this before. His name's Al Block. At one time, Al Block was in the top 10 strongest men in Canada. 
Okay, and, and so when you put that in perspective, Al Block was in the top 10 strongest of 30 million people. And when I walked around with Al Block, I felt very secure. I would say borderline cocky. Because I got Al Block beside me. And if anyone's going to mess with me, they got to mess with Big Al. Right? What's up? I'm sorry, did you, did you have something you want to say to me? This is my friend Al. You should probably meet him first, right? But when walking with Jesus in the shadows, in the valleys, Jesus is not top 10 strongest men, but he is mighty God. And if any enemy wants to mess with you, then they first got to meet up with King Jesus, Right? Fear and anxiety, they're lurking in the shadows. But they got to first deal with the Prince of Peace. Doubt and confusion and distrust, they're in the shadows. But they got to first deal with the author and finisher of our faith. Hopelessness and despair, they're in the shadows. But they got to first deal with the bright and morning star. Amen? Sickness and pain have to deal with the great physician. Bondage and addiction have to deal with the arm of the Lord, the deliverer. Sin and temptation have to deal with the captain of salvation and the rock of ages. See, in the valleys, the pit is met with the redeemer. The accuser is met with the advocate. The liar is met with faithful and true. The snake is met with the lion of Judah. Death is met with the resurrection and the life, the day spring, the fountain of living waters. That's who's walking through the valley with you. Greater is the shepherd with you, hallelujah, than in the shadows, amen? And so the assurance here is not that we won't walk through the valleys and walk, walk through the shadows. But the assurance is that Jesus, the shepherd, is with us in the valley when we go through the valleys. How many of you know that sometimes Jesus calms the storm, but sometimes Jesus will just calm you? Sometimes Jesus fights the battle for us. Sometimes he's going to equip you to fight the battle. Sometimes God delivers you from the valley, but oftentimes God delivers you through the valley. How many of you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego still had to go through the fire? Daniel still had to go through the lion's den. David still had to go through Goliath. Jesus is with you in the valley. He's with you when you receive the bad news. He's with you in the sickness. He's with you during that miscarriage. He's with you during your relationship falling apart. Jesus is with you at the funeral. He's with you through your loss. He gives you courage to keep moving. He gives you strength and gives your heart resolve. He speaks wisdom and guidance and truth. 
He calms us with his love. He empowers us with his grace. How many of you have known the shepherd's strength in the valley? Hallelujah. And we're assured that his rod and his staff will comfort us in the valley in the shadows. See, the staff is the grace of God. It's, it's the shepherd's grace that when, when the sheep falls into the, the pit, it's the shepherd's staff. It's his grace that, that pulls them out of the pit, even when it's our own fault. Even when we disobey, that's why we're in the pit. Even when we acted selfishly, even when we tried to do things on our own strength, even when we ignored the voice of the Holy Spirit, even when we purposely wandered away from the shepherd and the flock and fell into that pit because we saw something shiny in this world. Even when we just simply made a mistake. But when we fall in the pit, Jesus extends his staff, he extends his grace to pull us out. When a sheep falls in the pit, the shepherd doesn't use the rod to beat the sheep, but he uses the staff to help them out. And so when you blow it, the shepherd doesn't use the rod. We gotta stop beating ourselves up. He doesn't beat us, he saves us. That's the grace, that's the staff. God already poured all of his wrath out on Jesus. So stop beating yourself up when you blow it. Jesus is not raising his rod against you, but he's extending his grace. He's extending his staff. That's why when the prodigal came home, that the father's position was this. This was his posture. He didn't take off his belt. He extended grace. Even when we're in the valley of our own doing, the shepherd is there to save us. What a savior. What a savior. Staff is the grace of God, but the rod, that's the power of God. His rod and his staff comfort us. God doesn't unleash his power on us, but he unloads it against the enemy that dare come against us. Listen to what God says about protecting his people in Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. See all your angry enemies lie confused and shattered. Anyone opposing you will die. That's the shepherd. That's who's going with you in the valley. The power of the rod, hallelujah, and the grace of the staff. That's what comforts us. The shepherd provides and, and the shepherd protects. And the last one is, is just right here before you is the shepherd sets a table. The shepherd sets a table. Psalm 23, 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So there's, there's the table. There's two chairs at this table that Jesus prepares for you. There's one for you and there's, there's one for Jesus. And, and this absolutely is a picture of what Christianity is all about. 
It's about relationship. Amen? It's about sitting down to a meal together. How many of you have that rule in your house that it's supper time, you all got to sit around the table? We, we had to very, very rarely could we go sit in the living room growing up, eat, you know, watching TV. We had to sit around the table. Why do we do that? It's about relationship. It's about spending time together and talking and laughing and connecting and enjoying each other's company and to share our day and share our life, right? Those are meaningful encounters with each other without distraction. That's what Jesus does for us. He sets up a table for us, right? And, and this is what he wants. He wants that relationship. He doesn't, he doesn't want religion, he, he doesn't want us to be bound to legalism and obligation. He doesn't want to just solve your problems. He doesn't want to just be your spare tire all the time when, when things go wrong and you need help, right? He doesn't just want to see you once a week at church for a little bit. But Jesus wants to commune with you. He wants to dwell with you, to talk with you, to share your life, laugh with you, cry with you. He wants meaningful encounters with you without distraction. And everything you need is at this table. Everything you need. God's presence is there. His peace, his strength, his encouragement. God's word is there. Our daily bread is at this table. His promises, the truth that sets us free. God's power is there. There's gifts of the Holy Spirit at this table. His anointing, his ability, his resurrection power is at this table. And his love is there. His mercy and his grace and his hope are at this table. How many of you know that when Jesus sets a table for you that the, that the food tastes good? Psalm 34 verse 8 said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I, I'm just going to take a second here. I'm just going to see if that's true. Mmm. 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 That was good. Mmm. <laughs> It's good, man. It's good, man. The Lord's good. I just feel the Lord wants me to really prolong this illustration. <laughs> I just feel like he really wants you to get it. Mmm. Do you want to see if the Lord's good? Do you want to? Want to see, Josh? Lord's good. This is our new communion. <laughs> Rogan, you want to see, buddy? Sprinkles, nice. You want to see? You want to see the Lord's good? Oh, you don't want to see the Lord's? No. no. You don't have a choice. We gotta let Phyllis. We gotta let Phyllis taste and see. These are available. Someone raised their hand. 
You should take the big one. <laughs> you know what's amazing? <clears throat> you know what's amazing about that? <laughs> Is that he does that in the presence of your enemies. Wow. He sets up this table of presence and word and power and love in the valley, in the shadows, right in the face of depression and fear and addiction and sickness and slander and demonic oppression and every spiritual enemy. God sets up this table. You see, what happens is when we sit down with Jesus in the middle of the battlefield, in the darkest valley, and you are at peace, and you're encouraged, and you're strengthened, and you're empowered, and you are fearless, and you are steadfast, that's proof of your victory in Jesus. And that's also a sign for the enemy of his defeat. Look what it says in Philippians 1.28. And in no way be alarmed or intimidated by, in anything by your opponents. For such constancy and fearlessness on your part is a clear sign, a proof, and a seal for them of their impending destruction. But it's a clear sign for you of deliverance and salvation. Hallelujah. God sets this table up his presence, his promise, his love right in the face of the enemy. He's making an example of them. He's making an example of them. He's saying, he's showing the enemies that they can do their worst. It's not going to bother him. And it's not going to bother anyone with the shepherd. God still has you. God's still on the throne. God's still in control. God is still able. God is still willing. And God is still faithful. It undoes everything that the enemy does. 1 John 5.18 says, No one who has become part of God's family makes a practice of sinning. For Christ, God's Son, holds him securely, and the devil cannot get his hands on him. <laughs> when we sit down at the table with the shepherd, the enemy can't get his hands on you. Isn't that incredible? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to close with this. This psalm is, is very personal. When David says this, he's declaring the Lord is my shepherd. Right? But this doesn't mean that Jesus is everyone's shepherd. Jesus said himself in John 10... 25 to 26, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name are a witness for me, but you do not believe because why? You are not my sheep. So the difference is faith. What do you believe? See, we can't call Jesus my shepherd until you believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Once you believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, now he's my shepherd. 
Jesus asked us this question 2,000 years ago. And I believe he's asking you this question again today. John 11, I am the resurrection and the life, he said. Anyone who believes in me will live even if they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he's the son of God? Do you believe that he takes away the sins of the world? Do you believe that you can be clean and righteous and made holy through the blood of Jesus Christ? How many of you know it's the blood of Jesus that washes us clean? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to give everyone an opportunity this morning to make Jesus my shepherd. Is that fair? I'm just going to invite everyone just to bow your heads for a minute, close your eyes. If you're here this morning and, and you're just not sure, you're just not sure if Jesus is your shepherd. You've been to church lots. Maybe your, your parents have a faith in God. But you're just not sure if, if Psalm 23 applies to you. You're not sure if, you're, if Jesus is your shepherd. If that's you this morning. I just want to give you an opportunity to make him your shepherd. So if you'd like to invite Jesus, to believe in Jesus, invite Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, both. I just want to invite you just to raise your hand right now. Everyone's heads bowed, eyes are closed. Just raise your hand if you've never done that before and you'd like to do that this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God, I just thank you so much. I thank you so much, God, for, for your son. I thank you so much, God, for your provision, for your protection, for your relationship. God, I pray that every person in this room is going to take advantage of that relationship. Every person in this room is going to live for you, Lord. Love you, Lord, and know you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're just going to uh, close our service here with one more song. Let's invite the worship team to come forward. And uh, the reason why we, we do this isn't just to kind of make the service go a little longer. The reason we do this is because we want to respond to whatever God's saying to us during the service, during the message. And so this is an opportunity just to respond. It's also an opportunity just to engage with the Lord. Just engage with the Lord. Sound good?